Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I'm Kim Naoni, and this is Mentorship Matters, a podcast that examines the current and future landscape of fundraising leaders and the power of inclusive mentorship in advancement. Today, I'm honored to uh, speak with my dear friend, fraternity brother, and Mr. Extraordinary, Dr. Lawrence Chatters, Executive Associate Athletic Director for Strategic Initiatives with the University of Nebraska Athletic Department. Dr. Chatters, welcome. Thank you so much, Kim. It's just so awesome to be on your show. I'm happy you have a show that talks about mentorship because mentorship is incredibly important. Absolutely. So today I wanted to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging as it relates to student athlete development. Mm-hmm. Nebraska athletics has always been a pioneer in everything that it does. I say that as a biased alumnus, proud Husker, but we, we are. We've been a pioneer from strength and conditioning to how we train athletes, uh, to uh, you know the total athlete experience. So we've also been pioneers in developing and implementing a robust DEIB program that is one of a kind in college athletics. Perhaps you can share with our audience about the DEIB program in Nebraska and its role in student athlete development. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for the opportunity to uh, be on your uh, podcast and, and talk about this really important subject. First of all, I wanna take you back to the 60s. Okay, so we, we kind of have to set the tone here yeah. for where this really started. And what you should know about that time frame is that there really weren't a lot of uh, black players that were being recruited to play in college football at the time. And Bob Devaney and all of his wisdom at the time back then, you know, as he was seeing that some other schools were doing some recruiting around, um, you know, some African-American players and being successful, he started to do recruiting as well back then. And One of the things that Bob Devaney went above and beyond to do as well is to also recruit young uh, African-American women to Nebraska as well. And so we started to see uh, some of those numbers um, of diversity start to tick up in the department at the time. And, you know, uh, so we had some of our uh, African-American football players back then and and, and also, again, bringing some of the African-American women to campus as well. Yeah. So that's really kind of, you know, not necessarily where it started because there were other I'd say trickles of diversity that happened within the department prior to, you know, to that. Our first African-American football player here was George Flippin. Um, but, you know, that's really where kind of as, as far as Nebraska athletics beginning of that movement started was back in the 60s. And so as we continued through, you started seeing more and more people come because back then, really, it was about a handshake between a coach and a parent. OK, yeah. are you going to take care of my kid when they get there? Right. And I've heard stories about uh, boys getting onto the train way out in New Jersey, driving all the way out to Lincoln, getting off the train and then being met by someone from the university at the train station. And that's where that connection happened. And so we kind of have to, first of all, paint that picture for you of how that beginning started. Now, as we get into the 70s and the 80s, and clearly we know about the success of 70 and Mm -hmm. 71 at the national championships. We started to get that recruiting train really going to start bringing in uh, more diversity within the department and that diversity spread into other sports as well. So track and field, uh, 
uh, some in uh, basketball, of course. Um, you know, but what I would say is probably that next major uh, watershed moment um, in Nebraska athletics. That moment comes when uh, Dr. Tom Osborne hires Jamie Williams, Dr. Jamie Williams, to come back to the university uh, to serve in a role where he would specifically focus on diversity and leadership. Um, and that would have been like, I think, right around 2011, 12-ish time frame. Yeah, uh -huh. So that was really the first critical role that was hired at an executive level that would have focused in on DEIB from that perspective. And again, this is pre a lot of the stuff that we're experiencing right now. So this is Dr. Osborne really being uh, intentional about, hey, we need to bring someone in who has experience in this area who can really help move us forward. So that's really where my story starts and where I kind of enter the picture uh, yeah. back in 2014 when uh, Dr. Williams hired me as a Big Ten diversity intern. And so I started here at Nebraska. And one year after I started, Dr. Williams actually ended up, you know, getting let go from the university here, okay, under some unique circumstances and, um, you know, un, un, basically not under his control, essentially. Um, and so I'm here and I'm an intern and I'm working for the Big Ten Conference as a diversity intern and I yeah. put over into life skills, okay? And mm -hmm. I was working with Keith Zimmer over there. And, you know, at the time, I'm also a PhD student in our counseling psychology program here at UNL. And so really focusing in on multicultural competency, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in my program. And I went to Keith and I said, Keith, you know, let's really keep this movement going of how we're trying to create some intentional opportunities for diversity, equity, and inclusion within our space. Let's start a diversity and inclusion summit. Okay, so seven years ago, 2015, Nebraska Athletic launches our first diversity and inclusion summit. And the coolest part about it is that at the time, uh, we actually made it something that everybody had to participate in. So it was almost like a requirement, right? Yeah. Because it was kind of going to be this one time a year that we really focused in on DEIB and, and talked about it as a staff and also all of our student athletes. We got significant buy-in, Kim. And so we had essentially all of our department coming together for this summit seven years ago to start that. And we had some really um, impactful speakers come in and talk about unique issues within athletics that focused in on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it was just an amazing success. And so that's where that really started. And then as we continued to build off of that, what we started hearing people say, especially our student athletes was, we wanna do this more often. We don't wanna just meet once a year to talk about these issues. This is something that impacts us every day. So we continue to build out that program. We started to create connections across campus with some of the people who from a best practice perspective understood what's going on in these different areas. We connected them to athletics. There's always been this unique wall between athletics and universities right across the country. I'm sure mm -hmm. you can uh, attest to that sometimes oh, yeah. that way, right? And so we got the experts to come in and help inform us in athletics um, and that continued to grow. So eventually I ended up having to finish up my uh, internship in counseling psych. So I had to leave athletics. And after I left, what was really great is that they continued to move forward with that movement. And so they hired a uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion coordinator to work in life skills. His name is Dewan Baker. And he continued to move things forward. He created a mentoring program for our student athletes from marginalized backgrounds. He created some additional opportunities for our staff to interact and talk about some of the issues that impact us from a DEIB perspective. And he just kept things moving forward. So this is like 2018. And then we kind of fast forward to, um, you know, when uh, Dewan took another role, he's now working at uh, Colorado. 
But then they took that role that he had and they went back up to that senior executive level and created a senior associate athletic director for diversity, equity, and inclusion opportunity. And that's where I kind of entered the picture again. So I left back for a while. Again. Yeah. And then came back. And, you know, what was so amazing about being able to come back and being able to serve at the executive level with all of the experiences that I had to that point, Kim, was that now, in my opinion, we were fully uh, primed to be exceptional in the area of DEIB here at Nebraska. And so we already had some things that were started and rolling and giving credit where credit is due to the people who had already set those standards. We had the summit going, we had some groups going, but when I got a chance to come back and be in this role from an executive perspective and serve on the executive team, we really rolled all of these things conceptually into the center of everything we do here in the athletic department. And that includes HR, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the front door and the back door of your institution as people come in and leave, and then everything that happens to them in between, that's really where we have to be intentional about making sure that they feel like they belong in the space, making sure that they know that this is a place for them. That includes our student athletes, right? All throughout their process. Now we have something called the transfer portal, right? Mm -hmm. So if they can leave any time, that's right. You can leave anytime you want. And, um, and so DEI has uh, become even more important, but what I'll tell you too, that we noticed Kim is that, you know, every department I think, and a lot of uh, larger organizations had their struggles during the summer of 2020, right? We can acknowledge that there was a lot of angst around what was going on in our country at the time. The schools, the institutions that already had mechanisms by which their students could have a voice, speak their, their piece and, and, and have something happen in those spaces. I think they really took a leap forward during that time frame, right? As opposed oh, no, to having a to doubt. build something and yeah. be you know, reactive to something that happened. So fortunately, because of what we had already started at Nebraska, we did have some of those channels. Now, we still were taking a task by our student athletes to say, hey, we need to do more, but they at least had the channels to do that. You, you are a step ahead of, of most places. Uh, as exactly. you said, you know, most places were scrambling, trying to figure out, oh, okay, do we uh, start a George Floyd scholarship? Or do we do yes. all these all these sort of like superficial things? Meanwhile, you know, you folks already had the blueprint. And so for you, it was a matter of just improvising and adding more to it, as you said, with, with your student athletes, uh, you know, challenging you to do more. But at least you had something. You're not, you're not coming from a point of deficit like That's most right. institutions are coming from. Yes. And that was really helpful uh, because I think it helped us get even better at what we were doing. And so when I came back, um, there were some things that student athletes had asked for. They wanted more representation. They wanted uh, opportunities to engage and talk about issues. And so when I came back, I really had uh, those things drawn out for me. And I've been able to put some of those things in place um, with the help of the student athletes and with the support of our executive staff here. And that's what's so amazing. So now we have a robust offering of learning opportunities for our staff and our student athletes. Uh, we have mentorship programs that we are, you know, working on getting launched that has former Huskers um, mentoring our current Huskers. Uh, we have a group called the Husker Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Team. That's students from every team that come together to talk about our strategy around DEIB and how we can be impactful. We have the Nebraska Athletics Inclusion Council. That's our staff-focused component. Uh, we're staff, about 40 staff members, including coaches, administrators, everyone come together to talk about issues uh, that, that we face as the department and how to be strategic about going about our diversity, equity, and inclusion here. Uh, we still have those connections across campus. I actually have 
and this is one of the things that I was very fortunately able to um, establish when I got back, I dotted yeah. line report to our vice chancellor of diversity and inclusion here at the university. That oh, good. is wow. absolutely unique. It's innovative, but there's no reason why, again, breaking down that wall between athletics and campus, there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to tap in with all of the stuff that they have going on within that office and the people in athletics can benefit from it and vice versa, right? Oh, it, I mean, well, without a doubt, without a doubt. It's really, um, they call it the front porch of the university. And I think very much so here in Nebraska, as you know, right? So we get to lead some efforts and they also get to benefit from some of the efforts that we can lead through our spaces with some of our um, high visibility student athletes that you know we incorporate into some of our cultural celebrations and telling their story in spotlights and such. And so it's just been amazing to see how things work when we're all working together and collaborating. Um, I actually go. do you know uh, specific workshops with all of our staff um, and I tailor it specifically to their area. I just did one a few days back with our performance nutrition team, right? We talked about the importance of food and culture and how they can connect with our student athletes through food as culture and so on and so forth. And so uh, that's been absolutely amazing to see when you really do bring these concepts into the center of what you're doing, it impacts everything in a positive way. And- I'm, gl I'm glad you, you, you brought that up, uh, the, the, uh, the, the impact. Uh, how has the program uh, impacted the athletic department? Uh, what are some key wins? Uh, you, you mentioned a few here, yeah. but uh, you know, cause, cause I think again, what you, what, what you're doing there uh, is not just because I'm a biased alum, but I'll challenge anybody listening at any athletic department to look at what they're doing and compare to what you're doing and what you're doing is far ahead uh, than anybody else. I mean, I'll give you a quick example before you talk about wins and impact. Uh, I like that one game, basketball game, I think it was last year or previous year, where during Black History Month, uh, you had those jerseys, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the custom-made jerseys to, to recognize Black History Month, and it was celebrated at a Nebraska game. Yes. I mean, we, we didn't do those things when I was in college. Right. I'm like, I'm like great. You know what I mean? This is like, it, it may be symbolic, but it is saying something. It is, it is sending a certain message. Yes. So I like this. So talk about wins. I cut you up. Talk about wins. Yeah, no problem. So wins. First of all, I want to say that, um, you know, honestly, I feel like one of the biggest wins was uh, getting that dotted line connection to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion here on campus and making sure that there's a structure by which we are constantly gaining um, support from that space and being able to tap into everything that's going on on campus and provide those resources for our student athletes and our staff, that's a huge win, okay? Because you you know that sometimes we create our silos, right? And people can be in those silos and not feel that they're connected. So we've broken down that silo. Um, some other wins I'd talk about, uh, just we, we really, um, I think that uh, with our learning platform that we've created with our department, our lunch and learns that we do on a monthly basis, um, and really promoting other diversity and inclusion events on campus and giving people a way to track those through our system. So we actually have a system, a portal where people track all the stuff that they do throughout the year and we celebrate it. You know, we say, hey, good job doing this extra work to make sure that you are, um, you know, doing your best to be inclusive. We celebrate that. We also have some internal activities where we just get to know each other better as a staff. We call it Husker Link. We get together once a month and just do a social gathering. There's usually, you know, some snacks around the two o'clock hour, a little bit of coffee. And we yep. have some guided questions where people can just get to know each other in the department. 
I mean, this is what happened during COVID, Kim. It, it, it came to people that, you know, they love their job, but maybe their job didn't love them when they needed to work in a different way or do something remote or whatever. So, you know, we think in this space and this environment from an economic perspective, you have to re-recruit the people that are working for you and retain them. Because without a doubt, we without a doubt are leaving, right? We're experiencing this great resignation. And so athletics has not been immune to that either. So one of the other areas that I've really been able to help impact here within the department is human resources. And I, I work directly with our HR uh, director to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support our staff here in Nebraska athletics. And so that's been a big win, I think, is just making sure that people know we are here to listen. We're here to connect you to this space. Um, that's been great to see because people feel appreciated. Um, we've done some bigger socials that we have here in the stadium. We have a great backdrop to do some of those socials in. Um, the other things I'll say, I mean, I'm really proud of our uh, monthly celebrations that align with some of the different heritage months and things like that. We're always having a really positive presence on social media around some of those things and really doing intentional spotlights and uh, features on our student athletes and our staff to help our fan base understand the uniqueness and the diversity of the people that work and compete for Nebraska, right? And I think, to be honest with you, one of the biggest wins has been considering that we have to bring our fan base along too with the work that we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. There's not many departments, I think, that really see that as a responsibility to also bring their fan base along. Um, it's something that I've really focused on. And so you talk about that game from last year, the two um, honoring Black Excellence games where there was a special jersey and uniform from Adidas. We also had special warmups that we could give to the crowd so they could also become a part of that. We had in-game uh, you know, videos that talked about why we're celebrating Black Excellence during those games, which was amazing to see. Um, we had our Martin Luther King legacy game last year. Uh, mm -hmm. That was amazing. It was really, if you think about it, you know, it was on Martin Luther King's birthday. And so it right. was the day that it was observed and people could come together and actually learn about his legacy at a basketball game. Right. And so that was something I was extremely proud of last year. We actually partnered with Indiana on that. So they also wore the special warm-up pregame. Our student athletes really enjoyed it because it's something that they um, you know, specifically wanted to raise awareness about, right? But just think about it, being able to have an educational space in a venue like that, that's passive um, and people can be impacted by that. To me, that's absolutely amazing. And I think that people don't mind that. They don't mind when you're intentional about talking to them about, this is what we're celebrating. This is why we're celebrating it. And you get to be a part of this. And this is also a part of our Husker heritage. So um, I, I really, I really love this nexus between athletics, uh, academic history at a sports venue. Okay. That is just, uh, I mean, that, that is just outstanding. So as we think about it, what is your advice to others who may be listening to us uh, that uh, may or may not be considering a DIB program uh, within the athletic department? Because not everybody's doing this stuff. So uh, as, as you as you think about it, uh, what would you advise uh, folks uh, who want to do this? So the main word that I would share is just being intentional about what they do, right? I mean, in this day and age, people can certainly sniff out things that folks are trying to do that's just for show. They can sniff out things that people are doing. They call it virtue signaling, right? Like, oh, this is this, yep. right? 
Um, so what I would say is just being intentional about it. Um, if they are going to hire a position, giving that person some power so that that person can help influence decisions, but also making it incumbent upon the people that work in the space to understand that that's just one person. The culture of an environment or a workplace is developed by everybody being involved in cultivating that culture, not just Amen. one person, right? And that's really where I've tried to, in our space here in Nebraska Athletics, I have brought other people along to help me do what I do because I'm not having that interaction with the student athlete down in the training table, right? No, they are. Not. I'm not mm -hmm. having an interaction with the student athlete in the training room, you know, or the locker room or wherever they are. And so they really are representatives of the culture of our department, even more so than I am because of their interactions with the student athletes and other staff members. So I'd say really rising this as, as one of the um, major things that could be a component of a strategic plan, being intentional about it, pulling together a diverse group of people to think through it strategically. It should not be one person's job right? No, it's um, all, so, it's all responsibility, collective responsibility. That's right. That's right. So I just say intentionality, I say properly resourcing the opportunity um, so that uh, someone can, uh, someone with experience can get into the space and help, um, you know, not just creating a role, hiring somebody and then forgetting about it, but bringing that person in, providing them with the support that they need, doing everything you can, because what we see in Fortune 500 companies and organizations that are successful is that the more they focus on making sure that people feel like they do belong in that space, the better they do. Because you're not getting the most out of everybody in your space. If, first of all, you're not allowing them to be who they are in the space that they're in. And then they can't maximize until they know that they're appreciated in that space. And so that's why this whole DEIB concept is so important is that you know, you can't really get everything out of someone until they know that they truly belong in a space and that they're appreciated and respected. Um, and this is what we're seeing with student athletes, of course, too. So yeah. you're going to find that the, the spaces in athletics where there's more success, those are some of the way more inclusive departments that can have anybody from a talent perspective, despite what their other identities are, they'll come to that space because they know that they can feel accepted and appreciated in those spaces. So it's a work in progress. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes a while. Uh, you do also have to consider other impacts that uh, have pressure on the department as well, whether that's state politics or other things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider, but I think we should all be trying um, as much as we can to make sure that these young people who are people's sons and daughters, right? Like I have two daughters that are yep. 14 and 17, right? So, or 18. Um, I would just hope that there was a place that they could go where they feel like they would belong in that space and that someone cares about their culture and cares about them as young black women, you know, and um, and that's what we're trying to do in our departments consistently. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can tell why we say there's no place like Nebraska It's people like Dr. Chatters that are pioneers in, 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 in DIB and athletics and that are just service driven leaders. Uh, service-oriented, people-oriented leaders that are making a difference out there in the mentoring of student-athletes uh, at the University of Nebraska. You know, it's it's just simply incredible. Uh, it's, it's been great having a conversation with you, my friend. Uh, you're doing big things. Thank Inspired you. to be like you, my friend. <laughs> and uh, thanks for all that you do on behalf of uh, my alma mater, your alma mater, our university, University of Nebraska. Yeah. Thank well, there you have it, folks. Uh, it's Kim Naoni, Mentorship Matters. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon. Yeah.